Shaka didn't want to stop saying. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another beautiful, wonderful, exciting, thrilling episode of How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood. I am Moya. And I'm Georgia. And we are so excited, always excited to be with our loved ones. Isn't that right, Georgia? Yes. Yes, our loved ones from classic Hollywood, La La Land. Um, and Georgia, just real before, just real quick before we get into it, I um, I like to keep up with um, the industry as if I'm talking like I'm in an industry, but I just like to keep up with the business side of the industry. And for those of you out there who are paying attention, Georgia, I think Hollywood's best days are behind it uh, with this uh, with the beer bug out there and um, Hollywood cannot make money anymore. Like uh, all the, the Marvel slash Disney, all their uh, offerings, they are not making any money. They're losing money. And the way Hollywood would promote and putting all this money into marketing and not getting any return on it whatsoever. I mean, Hollywood is collapsing. It is going it's going down but not in the right way <laughs> not in the way it wants to i don't know georgia have you heard anything about that or, or seen anything about that uh all i know is that uh box office receipts are so far down and movies are just they're they're not making a big splash anymore like they used to and you know i wonder if the advent of you know netflix and in combination with the pandemic has really affected the industry and uh but also you know the quality of movies that you see i mean they seem to be rehash or remakes they don't come up with too many original ideas um and uh we don't have a lot of people who have that big star quality right now yeah so i think there's a combination of a lot of things going on right now um and even though the movies, they say that they're back again and people are going back to theaters, it's just not really cranking up to what they hoped it would be. It, it, yeah. that, that may happen, but boy, it doesn't. It looks pretty doubtful right now. Yeah, can you, I mean, remember the, the, the Golden Globes are no more. They've gone the way of dinosaur. And for that, that's me clapping. Hip, 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 hop, hip hop, hooray, hip, hip, hooray. Not for Hollywood, but for us, thank goodness. Um, and sorry for those of you out there who enjoyed it. And it wasn't that many of you, you know, let's just be honest. Um, and the Oscars, what was that? I, look, I don't, I have, haven't looked at the Oscars in a million years, nor the Golden Globes for several different reasons. Um, maybe we'll get into later, but at another time, but that was a, a, a funeral, but, um, with less excitement. Um, so it just it's sad on one end, Georgia, because I think about all the old time Hollywood premieres with all the people we love, the star study like Betty and her heyday and the Clark Gables and the Gene Harlows and all these people, you know, how they would have those searchlights and the people would line up the streets and the limos and the clothes. I cannot honestly see that happening anymore because where is the money going to come from for that? Like 
you know, yeah. I think, and, and so it's really sad on one end, but on the other end, who gives a flying flip? People are suffering right now in all types of ways. So if some celebrity and, you know, I'm not totally knocking them, can't ride in a limo and put on a designer gown and who cares? I But I do feel bad for the industry workers, the people behind the scenes who make the clothes, the set designers, the camera folks. That's who I really, really, really feel horrible about. Oh, I, I agree, Moya, because all the people who um, are associated with the industry and really rely on that, yes. uh, yeah, they're they're hurting. Yeah, but you know, I, I have to agree with you because if you look at the ratings for shows like the Academy Awards, they have just dropped and dropped. It's an abyss. It, it's not like it used to be. Yeah, they had it in some little whatever train station, whatever. Well, next they're gonna have it in a high school gym. And it ain't going to be a state of the art one. Because <laughs> where else can you go? If the high school gym will have you. <laughs> if you're lucky enough. Because <laughs> I mean, gee whiz. I'm like, how the, what's the old, uh, Bible saying? Oh, how the mighty have fallen. And I mean, I just, I, I don't think it'll be in our lifetime if you see it go back to the way it was. I would be absolutely shocked if it went back to that. But, you know. Hopefully the people behind the scenes, like I said, the writers and the, the, the little people, quote unquote, hopefully they can, like I said, streaming is trying to do what it's trying to do. That's not been a whole hell of a lot of success. You know, it's, it's spotty. The streaming mm -hmm. services are spotty. Yeah. And Georgia, to what you said, the content is horrible. Georgia, you hit it right on the nail. The content is so formulaic. You know, you're going to have this type of, it checks all the boxes of this identity, this category. And I, and you're right. The audience is tired of it. Why would I pay my money to see the same freaking content over and over? So you hit the nail right on the head. So it's, it's a catastrophe all the way around, but thank goodness we have these old movies, these old classic Hollywood movies to stand by. And we have a really, really lovely one today. What's the hour movie today, Georgia? It's called Vacation for Marriage. And that was the title of it in the U.S. But it was actually known in the U.K. where it was filmed as Perfect Strangers. That was mm. the title. But we're going to call it today Vacation for Marriage. It was made in 1945. Well, actually, it came out in 1945. But it was filmed during the war while the war was going on in britain under very harrowing circumstances mm -hmm. i was wondering what some of those because the sets guys whoever was the set designer did a brilliant job so i was wondering did they go on set i mean on location because some of that looks i'm like it must have, i was thinking it must have cost a fortune to have destruction created so were some of the were oh, they on location something about that that's really amazing they used some of the actual wreckage, some of the destruction from like in the background of this movie. They used some of the real. But were they on location or they hauled it into the studio, to the set? No, it was on location. They filmed it on location in two places in London. Mm -hmm. They had a studio. Uh, it was in London, but the studio was bombed. Okay. And then they also filmed some of it in Scotland. And this mm -hmm. is what's kind of interesting about uh, the filming of it is because it was made, I think they started it in about uh, 43 or 44 filming it. Mm -hmm. But um, the 
uh, a bomb actually fell on the studio grounds. It blasted the offices and the dressing rooms. Wow. And also the director, uh, Alexander Corda, his script was torn to shreds by flying glass. Get out of here. And so they, and so with the, the actual movie set being bombed and uh, that destruction, they just decided to incorporate parts of it into the movie. So it, it is in the background of the movie. Wow. And uh, kudos, kudos to Corda, because I would have taken that a sign from the Lord. When your script gets ripped to shreds, <laughs> that might mean don't do it, man. So kudos to him. <laughs> For being a uh, being a uh, what's it call that uh, what the, a heathen, and I, I have no idea if Corder was a heathen or not, but I would have told it took that as a sign. <laughs> if it was a heathen, it worked out for us because this is a really good movie. <laughs> it is a great movie, but you know, it's, uh, well, I'm going to get into some trivia a little bit early. But, okay. Uh, his wife, Alexander Corda, he was the producer and director. His wife was the actress. Merle Oberon, and she oh. was originally scheduled or, or, or supposed, to, she was lined up to play the leading role that Deborah Carr played. She was supposed to play Kathy Wilson, believe it or not, but she was in the U.S. at the time, mm -hmm. and so they recast it with Deborah Carr. Okay. All right, that's some really good um, trivia. Uh, speaking of Merle Oberon, well, I'll just hold this back. I, I never mind. Look, keep going, Georgia. I was about to say something. Nothing bad, but I, I I have a rumor about a movie that may be based on her life, but I'm not 100% sure. So I will I will floor that until I get am able to substantiate it. But yeah, so guys, again, um, for those of you who have seen it, you know how uh, special this movie is. For those of you who have not seen it, please go out and see Vacation um, from Marriage. And it's based on a book or a play, because I saw it said uh, in the credits, it said someone's name, and I cannot remember the name. Her name was Clemence Dane. Yeah. It was written by a woman. Her real name was Winifred Ashton. That's a book her or pen what? Her name was, it was actually just, it's a story. A story, a okay. Play, but it, it wasn't an actual play. It was a, a story. A sto I guess it was a book, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, that I mean that's that's and and you, I I'm sorry, Moore, I don't mean to interrupt. No, go ahead. She was nearly sixty mm. when she was nominated. She won the, the only Academy Award this movie won was uh, the Academy Award for Best Story, and oh. and she won. She was nearly sixty oh, when she wow. wrote it, and I thought this was so. Yeah, I, and I love to know that women write the screenplays for these movies. Yes, I just, and this was such a lovely movie and it was you know, the british have such a way of doing movies where they can be tender but not sentimental or sappy right you know, they can, yes you know they, they strike just the right balance and that's what i love about these british movies i totally agree with that i totally and that's that's across the board with me <clears throat> with british movies um even the comedies um some of them are over the top and but you know some of the but I, i've noticed about british audiences that they some of them like a lot of slapstick and over the top, but I think a British movie, um, when they do comedy and it's not over the top and slapstick, like that's not the target audience. Like um, the Lady Killers, for example, or some of the Peter Sellers movies, it is pitch. Their comedy is very cerebral, and that and so this movie is a dramedy, 
like we would categorize as a comedy and a drama and it's cerebral and you have to pay attention to it. It's subtle, the comedy, but it is hilarious. Like, you know, you, you could, I laughed at, you know, out loud. You can't, you know, you're not going to double over in laughter like that, but it was, uh, it was very, very funny. And it hit all the right notes when it was time, when it was time to be funny, it was obviously funny and it was relatable. It was relatably funny. Oh yeah, it was. It, it's some of the the way the British they have this stiff upper lip, and so when they get kind of funny, you know, it just it's like even more funny. Yeah, because you know, so, they deliver it so seriously, but it's just their observations just crack you up. Right. Well, let's talk about what the movie is. We've been buttering the audience up and baiting them in, baiting them in. So the movie is about starts off with this. I guess typical London couple. Uh, and Georgia, you were saying Deborah Carr, who was basically a child, you know, just super young. She was twenty three in this movie. You said, yes. And this was not she her was first when it was filmed. Yeah, I don't think this was her first movie. I think I actually saw her first movie. Um, and like I said, she's super young. And you said Robert Donat was how thirty nine or something like that. Yes. Okay. So, but kudos and and he looks older they make so when you first see him he looks super old or older than 39 i guess they did that on purpose to just show um but what's funny because okay, okay he's older he doesn't look like he could be her father but i think that is kudos to deborah carr how at 23 she could play a dowdy uh aged in her mind type character so that even though their their ages are over a decade apart, but in my opinion, she played up to his wife very well. You know, you, you ignored the fact that, you know, he looked older than her and he didn't play like a grandfather to her, but you know, he had age. So guys, when you see the movie as they evolve, so yeah, they're a couple right before the war, World War II, they get in a rut in the routine. You'll see them going through the motions as they get up, as he gets up and go to work and, she always keeps a cold. She always has the sniffles, right, Georgia? And um, <laughs> yeah. And so, what what do you want to say about their lifestyle right before the war? Well, this has got to be the dullest married couple in all of England. <laughs> I mean, really? I mean, good grief! You know, but see, that's the wonderful contrast in this movie. I mean, yeah. they're, they're both so timid and they're so boring. <laughs> And in the view, you know, it's like she looks out on this view and it just is so, just like, how it's so ugly. There is no view. There's like a wall blocking the view or something like that, right? Yeah, a wall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There is no view. Yes. <laughs> it's like being in a prison. It's like being in a prison. It's like being trapped. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because there, there's literally a wall in, in front of her view. There's a brick wall that, that there's a, picture, a nice window but there's a wall that blocks the the view of London, <laughs> the panoramic view of London. Yeah, and which is symbolic in the in the story. Well, I don't want to uh, reveal much, but I will say something happens that really shakes up everything. And and the thing is, is he gets called to active service in the navy, mm -hmm. and she decides to join the REN's. The REN stands for Women's Royal Naval Service. 
And this is where the movie really takes off. Right. She meets Glennis Johns. And I we love Gl Glennis Johns. I always think she's so oddly beautiful. Her voice, y'all know her very melodic voice, kind of twingy, what is it, tingy voice, whatever, and, and kind of a, a slight rasp. So her voice is very distinct, and she's so cute. She looks like a little sprite or something like that. She doesn't look real. So her and her eyes, which they, her eyes look through you just like Betty Davis's eyes, but you know it's a totally different look. So yeah, so she joins the Wrens, and you say she meets Glennis John. So she gets friends, right, and. Comes out of her shell, and what happens with Robert Donat when he uh, Donat when he joins the Navy? Well, you know, at first, you know, you wonder if he's going to adapt, right? And then, I mean, this war really tests his mettle. Mm -hmm. I think it really um, he becomes a, a, this very capable person. In fact. He becomes this war hero, mm -hmm. and his worldview is expanded, and he is like dashing to me. I, I, that's the best way to explain it. Uh, and then, amazingly, you know, they meet these people, and other people start to see them as attractive. Oh my goodness! It's this is they don't see each other for three solid years. Right now, we don't want to skip as three whole years they go. And can you imagine the changes they undergo in three years being in yeah. the service? Yeah, he shade he look they for whatever reason the war is a fountain of youth to these people, and it gives them on a new lease of life. You know, World War Two giveth on one hand, and World War Two taketh away on the other, according to this you know to this movie. Um, and Todd is in this looking as angelically beautiful, also. Um, and what's the other guy's name? Uh, he plays Richard. He plays uh, Glennis John's uh, cous uh, cousin. I think that was Roland Culver. Yeah, Culver. I know his last name was Culver. He's been in a ton of British movies. Um, so you're going to see a few faces that you recognize. So like Georgia said, they flirt with uh, other people who they find so interesting because they don't find each other interesting. And like Georgia said, they... It's been three years, so they're starting to fade away in each other's minds. But the images that they have of each other are these caricatures, and um, and and they, they this is so they so they are trapped. The images they have of each other of each other are trapped in the last images of each other three years ago. So can you imagine that? Because and they've been corresponding through the war and writing letters, but the people that they know. Uh, all the images that they have of each other, they don't want these people anymore because of, you know, whatever reasons, you know. Uh, I, I'm i not going to sit up here. And so, guys, when you look at the movie, or for those of you who have looked at it, you know, pay attention to how they describe each other. Again, these characters and <laughs> that's where a lot of the hilarity comes in, too, how they see each other. In Georgia, um, so we're going to fast forward the war is, uh, was the war over when they saw each other or they were on leave? They were on leave, right? They were on leave. Yeah, okay. they were given a 10-day leave. Yeah, okay. And they meet up in London. And so to me, Georgia, this is where the meat of the movie is, where the real stories, yeah. the life lessons are when they finally see each other. And like you say, they have gone through a huge transformation. It's like a fountain of youth. Uh, Kathy, Deborah Carr's 
character. She's no longer dowdy. She got her hair did, as we say, <laughs> and wearing makeup and smoking and drinking and and uh and Robert Donat is dashing in his suit. You know, he's already a terribly handsome man, was a terribly handsome man anyway, in my opinion. You know, he's tall and handsome, has beautiful hair. So when they see each other, Georgia, right, they don't even recognize each other. They've been talking to each other in the dark, you know, in the blitz and all that to keep everything dark. So when they go into the, uh, I guess, the ballroom or whatever, but having a dance, they finally see each other in the light. They don't even They barely recognize each other, right? Or they can't believe it. Exactly. Yeah, which is hilarious. Yeah. And kudos to the actors for that, their reactions, which were so subtle yet realistic that, you know, Carr and Donat were master actors. In their, you know, in their own right. There is so much about this movie to really love. And, you know, there are very few films about dedicated service women. And the re this is especially meaningful to me because I'm a veteran myself. Mm -hmm. And so when I saw something like this that showed a woman, you know, um, serving her country, especially during wartime, I thought this is just such a great movie for people to see that and for him too. And for what he did, I mean, he, he, I mean, he just was brilliant yes. the way he rose to the occasion. I, I loved it. Yes. Um, yes. And then because I myself felt like I could relate to this because I, I felt like I grew tremendously as a person because of my time in the service. And that was um, its gift to me because it really helped me grow and mature. And it just made me more confident, more energized, just like these people were. They were, you know, they became, I think, their, uh, their character got built, their worldview was expanded. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it was just a remarkable Thing to see this metamorphosis in their characters it was so fun in this movie to see that i mean you you experience it along with them and you're kind of rooting for them uh, that, that made the movie fun oh yeah i i totally agree totally agree with that um and lastly uh we have a few, we have a few minutes without giving away too much the the uh when they um, met again, the what do they call that? When uh, they reconnected, they met up. Like I said, reconnected. The exchange between them, you you know, it wasn't oh my darling, run into my arms, you know, <laughs> because like anything else. And 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 Georgia said these had to be the two most boring, um, or the most boring couple in in uh, London. You know, guys, those of you who are getting married, those of you who are married, you know, if you saw yourself or you're afraid of seeing yourself in these people, you know, post going to the war, look, that is marriage. Unfortunately, you get in a rut. If you don't, if you're not careful, you can get in a rut, get in a routine. Uh, Robert, his name was Robert as well in the movie. He got in a rat race going to work every morning, going to a job you couldn't stand, you know, uh, <laughs> for, for little pay, not getting paid what you worth. I mean, that it, well, that's life. Let's just be honest, unfortunately, for a lot of people. And then the marriage part, the rut and the routine and taking people for granted, that is a part of it. And 
like I said, it was it's ironic that the war, you know, got them out of their shell. And um, Georgia, that's so interesting. I'm, and I'm pretty sure a lot of veterans as well have the same experience that you have. A lot of people join the military to get out, break away, go see the world. You know, hopefully they don't have to see combat. Um, some people want to go to combat. You know, that's why they join the military, you know, to each his own. Um, but, you know, you do run that risk when you either, you know, have these long separations for whatever they be. And a person comes back and a lot of military people have that as well, especially if they're seeing combat. People come back, come back with PTSD and, and you know, with the old term shell shocked or whatever. And that person has changed. You hear so many times their spouses or their families and loved ones, friends say, oh, man, so-and-so is not the same or she's not the same or whatever. I have a friend who wasn't in the military but worked in a military zone overseas and got bombed and all that. And she had PTSD. She wasn't even in combat. And she said she knew when she came back that she was different. And some people might say that this movie may have romanticized uh, 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 the war, but I don't think so because no. Robert Donat, he he uh, got injured in the war, you know, yes. hospitalized, you know, and, and you saw the, the some of the, the carnage of war, you know, he's in a hospital and, and stuff. So it didn't dwell on it, but it did not ignore it, which I appreciated in this movie as well. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, I felt like I got a life lesson out of this. And I'll tell you what I got from it. It, it told me that when two people are in a relationship, you just can't uh, rely on that other person to just, like, be your whole life. Yes. You have to continue growing as a person. Yes. You have to work on the marriage. You have to keep it vital. You have to give it your... Uh, you have to devote yourself to it. Yes. You have to um, stay, you know, stay an interesting person to keep that person attracted to you. Yes. You know? Yes. That's what I got out of this movie. I thought, you know, let this be a lesson to people. Don't let yourselves get into a rut and be dull and all that. Because <laughs> they both felt that the other one was so dependent on them. <laughs> and, uh, yes. So make yourself independent keep yourself interesting yeah uh and like uh keep yourself kind of like this is an old phrase but like for women you gotta kind of stay dolled up and for the men you know you want to be seen as you know like attractive right to your spouse right and and do things that are interesting you know yeah. on your own like yeah do have interests on your own outside of the marriage yes and that's what i took away from this movie no, you're a thousand percent correct. Um, I, I mean, I couldn't say any more about that. And some of the parts that were so hilarious, like I said, they have built up these caricatures in their mind. So when their mutual friends, Glennis Johns on uh, Deborah Carson and uh, I forget the, the uh, Scottish guy uh, on Robert Donuts uh, and his friend, they they were like, oh, who are you sitting with? And they're like, oh, that's my wife. And it was like, where? Like who? And he's like, that's my wife right there. <laughs> and he had, Robert Donut had made Deborah Carr's Care Kathy sound like his grandmother. So when he <laughs> saw this pinup doll, what the guy called, he said, that's a pinup woman. You know, you didn't tell me that. <laughs> and Robert Donut, he's still looking at it, even though he's noticed, she's noticeably more attractive. 
but he's still not seeing it. He still has this caricature of her, Robert, doing that in his mind. And the same thing for uh, Glennis Johns, when she sees Robert Donat, her whole body language changed. She was like, who is that? And, and you know, Deborah Carr was like, oh, that's, that's Robert. And she was like, no, it's not. <laughs> so, it was, so pay attention to those, that scene when the friends see the, the other spouses. It is so funny. But people do that in real life. And I was laughing, I said, because of Glennis Johns. I said, had this movie gone on and Deborah Carr would have um, still been bad-mouthing or whatever, you know, Glennis Johns, even though she had a fiancé, is revealed in the movie, you know, hey, you know, that's how a lot of people get your man. They're like, if you don't want him, I'll take him. You know, <laughs> you know that happens. It just So be careful of that. That's another life lesson. Um, but Georgia, you hit the nail right on the head. And I laughed too. So gentlemen... Apparently, uh, these people became more aggressive and, like you said, more self-assertive, uh, Georgie. Because so, watch the exchange between Kathy and Robert when uh, she she doesn't want to go back to the apartment and she wants to wait for a cab, and he got frustrated with her. So he was not a beta male, guys. He went alpha male on her and left her where she was standing, and she stood up for herself. So this movie is. Very funny. Pay attention to it because this was one of the best character development type movies I've ever seen. Watching characters evolve, I it was pitch yeah. perfect, pitch pitch perfect. Um, yes, well, I agree with you. I'm gonna leave it right there, Georgia. As always, I'm gonna give you the last word. Well, thank you, Moya. You know, I think that this movie is um, a time capsule of Great Britain immediately after the war. Yes. And the movie was meant to have, uh, to boost post-war morale. They wanted to make a positive and hopeful movie. Um, and the British have such a skillful way of making movies that are very tender, but they don't make them sentimental and sappy. No. And uh, this um, movie it should be on your list. Yes. of romance films it's a treasure it's very charming yes and yes. um and like as moya has said previously you know great britain at a time um in the 40s was rivaling hollywood studios mm -hmm. in the number of movies they were making and in the quality that they were making yes and uh and so yeah we've discussed uh, i think or or maybe we will touch on it even more like what killed british cinema but like this is a time when the writing was excellent yes the casting the acting uh the quality was just really up there and this movie is one of the prime examples that you could watch of of British movies, um, skillfully directed and produced by Alexander Corda, yes, yes. whose uh, wife is uh, was was Merle Oberon. So kudos to Robert Carr when um, Louis B. Mayer, because this was filmed, this was actually an MGM movie, but it, a British MGM movie. The first, I think, the first one for their studio, if I'm mm. not mistaken. Okay. But when Louis B. Mayer saw Deborah Carr's performance, he said that girl is a star mm -hmm. and so this was the first the movie i think where she first i mean she made i think another movie or two before this but this was the one i think that really got her yeah noticed i could see that i could definitely and launched see that. her career right i could definitely see that and just real quick last statement what killed british cinema 
that documentary. I hope it's still on Amazon Prime. We saw this movie on Amazon Prime for two bucks. So go and look at go look at it there. Georgia, that's it for me. Anything else? No, Moya, I think that we can say that's a wrap. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, guys. And don't forget, always be the star, the superstar in your own show, baby. Don't forget that. Well, guys, this is another one in the can. How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood, Vacation from Marriage. Check it out. Let us know what you think. Subscribe, like. We are on all the listening um, platforms, uh, iHeart, Apple, Google, um, uh, Castos, if you're on there, check us out. We're, we have a Facebook page, How Betty Davis Saved My Life, and we also have a YouTube page, How Betty Davis Saved My Life. I'm Moya. And I'm Georgia. And you guys have a great one. We can't wait to be with you next time. Bye-bye.